Well, we are uh, in the midst of our 50 days uh, of uh, counting the Omer. Uh, and of course, counting the Omer is sort of a euphemism for counting the days. An Omer is a measure, right? And it was a measure of a grain offering uh, uh, that would be uh, collected of, uh, during this period of time. And so the period of time became known as counting the Omer, uh, counting this, uh, this uh, grain offering, because that was the significant offering of the season. But now we just call it counting the Omer, but we're counting the days. We're counting the days from Passover to Pentecost, or from Pesach to Shavuot. Uh, and it is, it is an important time for us. Uh, we try to make it a, a kind of a special set-apart time of restoration, over the years, we've challenged people to read the entire New Covenant or read the Psalms or selected portions and, you know, that, that kind of thing. Historically, it's about the redemption to commission, we could say. The redemption of the Jewish people at Mount Sinai to the commission, I mean, the redemption of the Jewish people out of Egypt to their commission, the calling at Mount Sinai of receiving the Torah, Right? So we, uh, we remember that. That's uh, something we remember. Uh, it happened once in history. Uh, Jewish people do not have to return to Mount Sinai, do not have to receive the Torah all over again. Uh, a Jewish person now is born into that commission, right? Uh, uh, we don't uh, uh, have another Sinai experience, but... Uh, we are, uh, we're part of that, that commission that God gave to Israel to be a nation of priests and to be a light to the world and all that. In fact, uh, several Jewish writers, uh, Jonathan Sachs among them, uh, one of his earliest books uh, was uh, about this fact that um, when Jewish people are born today, they don't have a say as to, do I want to be part of this thing or do I not want to be part of this thing? You, you just are. And, uh, and the reason he wrote the book was because of a series of conversations that he had with his children uh, about the importance of being Jewish and, and, so to speak, staying Jewish, if you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, so that was kind of interesting uh, perspective that, uh, you know, the commission was given to the Jewish people for all generations at that point in history. So, I, uh, you know, 1956... Uh, I came into the world. It wasn't like, Howard, do you want to do this thing or do you not want to? No, you're born into it. It's part of who you are, right? Okay. Then again, uh, so, so we remember that. We remember that, that history. Okay. But then again, there's another historical moment that we remember uh, during this period of time as Messiah followers, uh, right? Uh, and that is the time of the redemption in Messiah Yeshua, his death and resurrection. Uh, leading to the commission of uh, Messiah followers that we read about in the book of Acts, right? Again, it's from the redemption to uh, commission. Uh, very, very important. And we read in uh, Acts chapter 1 and in Acts chapter 2 about the receiving, really, of the new covenant on our heart, the pouring out of the Ruach, which is the placing of the Torah in our inward parts, which is the indwelling of the Ruach, the indwelling of the Spirit who serves as the vehicle for the presence of Yeshua within us. 
you know? And this empowerment, this uh, empowerment of those who lived in that first generation uh, began fulfilling the commission of all Messiah followers of bringing the good news to the world, of being a light in the midst of darkness. Uh, very much a mirroring of the, of the calling of, uh, you know, of Israel. And uh, when we start the book of Acts, we'll see that this is still, that what happened in Acts is the calling of Israel. <laughs> that, that hasn't changed. Uh, and what we see in Acts is it begins with the Jerusalem Jews, and it moves to the Hellenistic Jews, and to the God-fearers, and to the nations at large. You kind of see this progression in the way Luke writes uh, the book of Acts. Uh, and so we remember that historical event, right? We remember that uh, from the resurrection to the ascension to the pouring out of, the, of this spirit. Then uh, uh, today, uh, we could say that uh, we exp- what we're doing is not just remembering uh, history. We're not simply reenacting history or remembering history. We are actually taking that history uh, and uh, viewing it as an end-time event, uh, as an eschatological event, as the beginning of the end of which we participate in, okay? Uh, From the beginning of the end, which is when the Spirit of God was poured out, and the end of the end is when Yeshua returns. So when we uh, come to faith in the Messiah, we do not have to return to uh, the 50 days. We don't, uh, we don't start with, okay, Yeshua rose from the dead, and now we wait 50 days. Uh, and then uh, we're at, uh, you know, we experience a, a Pentecost. No, it has taken place. It's a historical event that has taken place. But now we join in with them. When we embrace Yeshua, we join in uh, as part of what God is doing. When the Spirit of God was poured out, uh, there on that uh, Shavuot, uh, it was uh, the beginning of the end, the end times, uh, the beginning of the Messianic era. And when we embrace Yeshua, we're now participating in the Messianic era in that regard. And it also points us to the future, right? In that uh, you have uh, our, our own, we could say, our own uh, experience of of uh, from uh, the resurrection to the ascension, from the time I uh, came to embrace Yeshua to uh, the time when, uh, w- when he returned. So uh, in a way, what we're saying is I'm taking what is past, uh, and indeed uh, it is present. And so the vocation, the vocation of those Messiah followers, you know, uh, we read about it in... Um, in Acts, in chapter 1, when he says uh, here, you shall, re- in verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, when the Ruach HaKodesh has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Uh, that is the vocation uh, of the apostles. Uh, and we could say by extension, it is the vocation of, uh, of all of us. Uh, and so it's interesting that when we come to know the Lord, it's not about uh, the Lord coming to us. It's about us coming to the Lord. 
It's not about now I can be happy and fulfilled in my life now that I know the Lord. No, it's about now I get to join up with what God is doing in this world. Now I get to participate in what God is doing. And so during our 50 days, I think, uh, you know, it's important for us to sort of just reaffirm that and say, wow, let's remember that. Uh, where are we in that? Are we as individuals and are we as a uh, congregation, as a community, as a body of Messiah? Are we moving forward in that? Are, are we uh, empowered to reveal the glory of God, to be a light in the midst of darkness? Are we doing that? Are we being that in, in who we are and what we do and, and how we relate uh, to one another and to the, to the world around us? Uh, very important, uh, you know, that we ask those um, that we ask those questions. Uh, our vocation as Messiah followers is to bring light to a dark world, to reflect uh, the glory of God, and therefore to develop a way of life, a way of living, to develop habits, disciplines, uh, a, a, a way of uh, making decisions that reflect the glory of God. You know, in the ancient world, there were virtues that people thought were, you know, a good set of uh, values and morals. But the difference is, is that, they ref that in that world, the idea was you reflect yourself and about how, how marvelous and good you are. Uh, and recognizing, you know, how, uh, how wonderful uh, I am by living a certain way of life. But you see, when we read the pages of the Brit Chadashah, contrary to often the way we <laughs> frame things, we're called to reflect the glory of God. And so that by the way we live our lives and the decisions we make, the ethics and the morals and, and all of that, it's not, it's not to build ourselves up about, well, aren't I a great uh, follower of Messiah? but rather as like a mirror reflecting God, not ourselves, see? And so how important is it, you know, for us to, uh, to recognize that? So, so that's why uh, we're, uh, that's why during this 50-day uh, period, we're talking about living a wholehearted life uh, for the Lord. Uh, we're talking about the way we live. We're talking about spiritual uh, virtues and and disciplines, and how we go about uh, doing that, and uh, indeed uh, living that way. If you remember, we began uh, this uh, little uh, series uh, in First uh, uh, Timothy. Okay, in First uh, Timothy, uh, chapter six, it says there in verse eleven. Flee from these things, and these things all have to do with things that take us away from our uh, testimony and godliness and things of that nature. And in the context, he's talking about the love of money, but it could apply to anything. Uh, but then he says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And then he says, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life, to which you were called, uh, and you made the good confession in the presence of many um, in the, the presence of many uh, witnesses. Okay, 
Uh, and so we made a point of saying pursue. You know, it means to, uh, to run after, to, uh, to go after it with, with, with everything. Not, not simply to be passive and say, Lord, do this work in me. But of course we say, Lord, do this work in me. But we take responsibility uh, for moving forward, right? We work at it, right? At the very same time that God is at work in our lives, right? Okay, so, you know, we might ask the question, why does he use these terms? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. I would suggest that Paul had in his sack of words all kinds of words that describe following the Lord, walking in a manner worthy of your calling. Uh, And these words are part of that. Righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, perseverance, and gentleness. He could have included joy, he could have included patience, he could have included self-control, he could have included a lot of things, right? But he, he used these words. So it's interesting, when you add up these words, we could say here, righteousness means doing the right thing. This is not speaking of what uh, sometimes people call, you know, forensic righteousness, you know, declared righteous, illegally righteous before the Lord, you know, that, that kind of thing, like our standing before God. Righteousness, this is, a, you know, being a tzaddik, uh, tzedakah, righteousness, walking the right way, doing the right thing, okay? So we could say righteousness is doing the right thing. Now, godliness is a very uh, interesting word. It really basically means, you know, having an attitude of devotion, uh, awe and reverence toward God, and it includes a lot of other, other kinds of words. So we could say that when you add up righteousness and godliness, it means to do the right thing with the right attitude. You know, you can do the right thing with the wrong attitude, that's not godly. You do the right thing with the right attitude, it is godly, all right? Okay, but then uh, faith is added, or faithfulness is added. So we could say that righteousness and godliness and faithfulness means to do the right thing with the right attitude as a way of demonstrating our love relationship with God. Faithfulness. We usually use it in about love relationships. If you've been reading the, uh, our, our Journey Toward Wholeheartedness uh, series that Henry is writing, You know, he's been talking about uh, the love relationship, like a love relationship with God, uh, mirroring like a love relationship between husband and wife or a parent and a child, right? And faithfulness means uh, walking in a way uh, that uh, that demonstrates that I'm building this relationship, that I'm I'm only loving the uh, the other person, that I'm not a practice, I don't have an adulterous relationship using the husband and wife, or a disobedient relationship like parent and child, but that I am making the right choices, right? Faithfulness. So righteousness, godliness, and faithfulness. Do the right thing with the right attitude as a way of demonstrating our love relationship with God. But then love is added, right? Love itself is added. So we could say that righteousness, godliness, and faithfulness, and love means to do the right thing with the right attitude as a way of demonstrating our love relationship with God, bearing the fruit of self-sacrifice toward others. Uh, And then uh, if you add uh, perseverance or steadfastness, right? 
and gentleness, we'll just get to the whole thing, right? We could say that what he's saying is do the right thing with the right attitude as a way of demonstrating our love relationship with God, bearing the fruit of self-sacrifice toward others, carrying on despite difficulties, always in kindness and gentleness. Always in kindness, to use a different word, right? And so that's, you know, in a way, that kind of sums up life in, in Messiah. Uh, and uh, we pursue these things, again, uh, not for the purpose of saying, now I, now I can be called a holy person, uh, or uh, in order to simply receive blessing from God, but to reflect God's uh, a glory uh, in this world. And we've talked about uh, generosity, we've talked about humility, sincerity, we've talked about uh, enthusiasm, right? Uh, and these are kind of the building blocks of this description of what we are called to pursue. And if we continually go after these things, uh, looking at our lives, uh, uh, dismissing distractions that keep us from uh, our devotion to the Lord and continue to walk, uh, you know, walk forward, we uh, will see uh, transformation. We'll see transformation both uh, individually uh, and, uh, and communally. So I thought today uh, we would talk about sort of an overarching command, something we're commanded to do, okay? Uh, we don't usually view this as a command. We usually, well, we just don't. But uh, it, it is a command, and it's kind of an uh, overarching command that if we do this, we will begin uh, to bear this fruit of all these different things, okay? Because I thought to myself as I was preparing this, I thought, you know, there's like 20 different things we could talk about of, uh, of individual things to strive for. Uh, and, and so we need to sort of look at it as a big picture. Uh, now, so this is really very interesting because, again, usually we do not view this as a command. And it's in uh, Philippians, I mean uh, Ephesians, in the fifth chapter, okay? So in the fifth chapter of, uh, of uh, Ephesians, boy, if all I have to do is just read the chapter. Uh, and then you say, then we can just say, if you add up, all of those descriptions, that's what we need to work on. <laughs> you know, just add them all up. I mean, he begins at the beginning of the chapter saying, be imitators of God. But then, of course, he uses the word therefore. So that means you've got to go back, right? Uh, let's say uh, this, uh, to verse, the last two verses of chapter 4. It is an unfortunate uh, chapter division. Uh, here, this is one of those places that it's an unfortunate chapter division. Uh, 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also has forgiven you. I'll just stop right there and say, these are things to work on. These are things to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, today... I'm going to be kind to somebody. I'm going to forgive. If, if somebody does something to me, I'm going to forgive them today. And you know what? I am not going to be bitter today. I've been carrying around bitterness for a long time. I'm going to really work on not being bitter. Lord, help me to, 
to, to do this. And, and recognize that God is in you. The Ruach is already in you. He's there. All of him. It's not like a percentage, right? You know, like I'm, you know, I have half the Holy Spirit or something. You know, you know what I mean? It's not like that. He's all there, all present. And of course, remember, uh, this is a, a very important little uh, doctrinal specific thing. And that is the indwelling of the Ruach. Is, he is the vehicle for the presence of the triunity of God to dwell within us. And the Torah, too. It's very crowded. Okay? Uh, and so we have the indwelling uh, of the Ruach. Doesn't Paul say that Yeshua dwells in me? Uh, the, the Torah, Yeshua is the word. He lives in me. Right? And so the pouring out of the Ruach is the beginning of the, literally, of the new covenant. Of what it means. Of what it is. The new way. Which is, which is part of the promise that has always been. But that's another story. We heard all about that last time, last week, right? Okay? Uh, and so we, so we know that he dwells in us, but our will is important and uh, very important uh, for us to act on these things. Then he says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love. Just as Messiah also loved you, gave himself for you, and so on. And then he says, don't let immorality or any impurity or greed even be named among you. Right? No filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, not fitting, but rather giving thanks. Okay? This is all leading up to something. It's all leading up to a particular command. Okay? Uh, and so he, he says, uh, be careful what you listen to. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Okay? Uh, he says, learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Uh, he uh, says, wake up, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. It's like this, wow, it's like a 24-7 relationship with God, you know, all the time. I got to be thinking, I got to be careful, I got to be proactive. What am I watching? What am I looking at? What am I laughing at? What am I talking about? Right? Okay, uh, he says, don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. Then he says, don't get drunk with wine. Don't get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, we may not realize that, but be filled with the Spirit is a command. It is not let go and let God. You know what I mean? It's not what that is okay it's not get filled with the spirit okay it is it, it is an imperative be filled do this thing be filled with the spirit okay this is very important now what does that mean so uh, a long time ago i remember someone uh i probably was talking about this. i'm not probably going through ephesians and so somebody wanted to meet with me somebody in the congregation Wanted me. And this person said, I have a problem with, uh, and I describe being filled with the Spirit as being controlled. I use the word control. Controlled by God. Controlled by the, by the Spirit. You know, and I probably used uh, uh, the Yeshua in uh, Matthew 11 about taking his yoke, putting on his yoke, you know, that, that, and that means that wherever he goes, we're like going. He's over here, we're over here. He's over here, we're over here. It's not like, well, he's over here, maybe I'll go or I won't. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and so this person uh, said to me, I, have a, I had this issue with control, this control issue. So I said, let's think of another word. And I remember sitting there thinking, thinking, and, and I said, why don't we pray? Let's see if we can come up with another word, okay? And so I said to this person, I said, what about permeate? How about that word, permeate? And it worked. It was, uh, it was like, oh, that's a word that I can relate to of letting God permeate my life. And so it's a great word because you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of when I was a child, and I've said this before, uh, when I was a child helping my dad wash the car, that was like a big deal, helping dad wash the car, right? And he would have these sponges, coral, right? Is that what they are? Coral sponges? They were like these ugly looking things. You know, they weren't like squares and, you know, these ugly looking fat sponges, right? And what I loved to do was to put the sponge under the water right? And then wait, and then pull out the sponge, and it weighed like 10 pounds now, and the, the water is like oozing out of it, you know? And then I, I love to press it against the car and watch all the water, you know, go all over the place, right? So it makes me think, when we talk about be filled with the Spirit, allow the presence of God to permeate every bit of life so that, like, God is oozing out, that, that he is, per you know, I'm not going to use the word, I won't use the word control, okay, <laughs> that he's permeating every part of life. And this is, may I suggest, in a, you know, Paul said the same thing 20 different ways in many cases. And one of those, one is, is this idea, because I believe that in Galatians chapter 2, in verse 20, he's kind of saying the same thing. I have been crucified with Messiah. It is no longer I who live, but Messiah lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Messiah lives in me. It's what it says. I have been crucified with Messiah. It is no longer I who live. Messiah lives in me. He's living out my life. Okay? I, to be filled with the Spirit is to be permeated by the Spirit of God. Now, he says, don't, be, don't get drunk with wine. What does what, what is getting drunk do? It controls us. It, it makes us do things, right? And so he's saying, he's, he's using that as like a, a, a picture. That rather be, uh, he could have said drunk with the Spirit, right? But the idea is being permeated or uh, controlled by... Uh, the, uh, by the, the, the presence of, of, of God. All right. And so here he talks now about the ramifications of it in chapter 18, in uh, verse 18, 19, 20. The ramifications. What does this mean, right? And immediately he talks about joy. Immediately, right? Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Speaking and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Speaking, making melody with your heart to the Lord, you know, uh, singing to the Lord, having a, a joy in, 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 in your heart of, of uh, relationship and trust and, uh, you know, and, and all that. That's, that's what he's saying there. And then he says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Yeshua to God, even the Father. Having a heart of thankfulness, joy and, and thanksgiving. As a, as a way of life, not because of, wow, 
I had this great thing happen to me today. No, just it's a matter of living, a way of life, a way of life, okay? And then he says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Messiah. Yield to one another. Be deferential to one another in the fear of Messiah. Joy, thanksgiving, yielding to one another. And it's so important to him, this yielding to one another is so important that he spends the rest of the letter, the rest of chapter 5 and all of chapter 6, illustrating yieldedness to one another. What it means, subject is the word that's probably in your Bible. When I think of subject and submission, I'm thinking of pro-wrestling when I would, you know, no, it's not what it is, okay? Yielding to one another, okay? And so this command of being filled with the Spirit, according to the Scripture, yields joy, thanksgiving, uh, and uh, yieldedness. But in another place, again, and it's not a coincidence, in Galatians, the very same place where he says that Messiah lives in me, and the life which I now live, I live, I live by faith in, in, you know, in the Son of God, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. This is more words about what it means to be permeated by the Spirit of God, okay? In verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Notice some of these are what he says to Timothy, right? But then he says, against such things there is no law. That against such things is very important because it's not a complete list. It's, he's describing a way of life. He's describing like a semantic range of words that this, these kind of words describe what it means to be permeated by the Spirit, to have the yoke of Messiah on, to be guided by the Spirit, to walk in His ways. Okay. Notice here in Galatians chapter 5, he also talks about the deeds of the flesh, which is like the opposite, the opposite way of life. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, things like these. It says things like these. Again, not a complete list, but a way of life that is alienating, a way of life that is destructive, as opposed to a way of life that's building up and that is affirming and that glorifies a God and demonstrates his uh, character, okay? All right, now there's another place. Go to one more place. Okay, one more quick place. Uh, in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Now, what, I, what I'd encourage you to do is go back to these passages and write down all these ways we're supposed to live. And you have a list. And, it's, and it, again, it's an incomplete list, but it's a list of lots of words. And I would encourage you to say, you know what? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this one today. I'm going to be compassionate today. I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to be forgiving today. Uh, I, I'm not going to, I have a tendency to say a bad word given, certain, given a certain situation. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to tear anybody down. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to work on that. Lord, do a work in my life. But it's not just, Lord, I'm going to go to sleep when I wake up, make me holy. No, we need, to, it's like a goal. 
we need to work at it. But knowing that God is at work in our, in our lives to generate the, the power to make that happen so that we can glorify God and make a difference in this world. Okay. So, uh, Colossians chapter 3. Okay. I, I got to start from the beginning. It's just the way it is. Okay. If then you have been raised up with the Messiah, keep seeking the things above. That's like another command. Seek them. Like, seek godliness. Seek the things of God. You know, as opposed to just uh, accumulating things uh, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, idea. Keep seeking the things above where Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Messiah in God. When Messiah, who is our life, this is why I say when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the vehicle for Yeshua to manifest himself in our lives. That's good systematic theology right there. Okay? Uh, very important. Uh, very important. Okay? That, that the Holy Spirit is called to shine light on Yeshua. Very important. That Yeshua is always front and center. When Messiah, who is our life, is revealed, I mean, he is our life. I mean, read that like 10 times when you go home, okay? Is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. I'm not going to take it apart. I'm just going to read and say, hmm, didn't I just hear that somewhere else, right? For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them, like as a way of life, right? But now you also put them aside, uh, put them aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. This sounds a lot like Ephesians, doesn't it? It's supposed to. They're, uh, they're uh, very similar letters in certain respects. But that's another story. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, freeman, but in Messiah is all and in all. And so as those who have been chosen of God... Holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Here's another list. A heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. This is a great list. But now notice what he's... Now notice this is all leading up to something too. Okay? I don't know if you've ever noticed this before. Beginning in verse 15. Let the peace of Messiah rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Messiah richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. Now look what it says. With psalms, hymns, spiritual song, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. It basically is describing what it means to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5. But here it says, let the word of Messiah richly dwell within you. 
with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another. And then he says, And whatever you do, in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then look at verse 18 and the rest of it. Wives, be subject to your husbands, as is fitting to the Lord. Just like Ephesians. Just like Ephesians. Yieldedness to God. And so we could say, how do I get filled with the Spirit? I would suggest that, for starters, let the Word of Messiah richly dwell within your heart. Be in the Word of God. Be in the Word of God. You can't be filled with the Spirit and say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like half sold out for the Lord. You know, uh, Lord, fill me with your Spirit and, and then I'll just go on my merry way. It doesn't work that way. That's not what it means to be permeated by the Spirit of God, to be controlled by the Spirit of God. That, that, uh, that to, to say that uh, I died and Yeshua is living out my life. No. Uh, wholeheartedness is what it requires. It's not an option. It's what it requires. And so some of the things that we've already said describe this. Walk in love without distraction. Remember that you're a child of light. Be careful how you walk. Be proactive in your walk with God. Think about how you walk. Put on the new self. Make a list of all of these different attributes, all of them, that, that we've just read today in, in Colossians chapter 3 and in Ephesians chapter uh, 5 and, and elsewhere. And say, you know, I'm going to work on these things, okay? I uh, let the word of Messiah richly dwell within you. And I'll add to that, be in community. We don't have time to look at all the verses. Be in community with one another. Be in the presence of people who demonstrate this kind of living. Be in the presence of those people. You can't be a lone ranger and do that, okay? It isn't, gonna, it isn't going to work, okay? Uh, and you will see what will begin to happen with this kind of mindset of transforming the way of our thinking and, and of being proactive in our walk we will begin to see a variety of these different attributes begin to, begin to start defining our daily lives. Because when you think about it, compassion and kindness and forgiving and, and all of those things, they are an accumulation of little things that happen to us every day. They're an accumulation of just what happens to me in my daily exposure to other people. See, and that, that ultimately defines our lives. As, as I like to say, it's not about the sizzle, it's about the steak with some sizzle on it, okay? Uh, you know, uh, very, very important uh, that we indeed uh, uh, live that way. And I'll just finish with something that, um, that Henry uh, shared, uh, something that Henry shared. It's in, the, it's in uh, today's, uh, yesterday's, uh, installment, and actually I'm not going to take the time to read it, but you'll read it, okay? Uh, but basically, I'm going to uh, paraphrase it in my own words, where Henry is talking about uh, drinking the wine of Babylon, right? Meaning, uh, you know, the culture of our world, what do we take, you know, how much of this world are we drinking up? May I just say it like this? We need to ask ourselves, am I drinking the Kool-Aid of this culture? You know what I mean? And we need to say to ourselves, I need to stop drinking the Kool-Aid of what defines 
uh, of what defines uh, uh, happiness or defines uh, satisfaction or defines uh, success. I need to stop drinking that Kool-Aid and I, I need to drink in the Spirit of God, right? Uh, I need to be permeated by Him and not, not uh, the wine of this world. Uh, and again, it comes down to what's distracting me? What takes me away from the Shema? And we as a, as a, a Messiah community, we need to ask ourselves that not only as individuals, but as a community. How do we do that? You know, and so that's why we pray. That's why we're taking those Tuesdays to fast and pray, to, you know, uh, to give us discernment as a community. How can we keep our foot on the accelerator? Now, let me just say that, you know, I've gotten some interesting responses. And what's interesting, I usually don't get many responses. But I got uh, three kinds of responses to, since uh, Passover. Since Three kinds. And more than one of each of these. So I'm not talking about anybody. Okay? All right. One is uh, constructive criticism which is good, constructive criticism about maybe we ought to do this or we ought to do that. That might be helpful, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, another one is, uh, wow, that really uh, encouraged me. And the third kind of response is, Howard, be encouraged. It's okay, okay? So I just want to say I'm encouraged, okay? I'm not discouraged, but it's important for me to, to say to us, keep the foot on the accelerator, because if we take our foot off the accelerator, and I'm not going to use the, uh, the metaphor of cruise control because that means you're going at the same speed when you take your foot off the accelerator. What I'm saying is when you take your foot off the accelerator, depending on how fast you're going, you start to slow down, but you might not realize it right away. Okay? So what I'm saying to us is let's keep the foot always on the accelerator. Let's make a good thing better. Right? And I believe that, you know, that uh, out of that comes increase, uh, just increase of the things of God. And, uh, and that's, I believe, what God is calling us to. So I hope that, you're, uh, by the way, you're going to be uh, getting this now uh, in, a, in the body of an email, so that when you open up the email, when it says journey, day, whatever day it is, you open up that email, you're going to just read it right there. Okay, uh, then at the end you'll get a big, uh, you'll get a, a PDF file of the whole thing, right? But we'll print out those emails, and so we'll have a, a few of them out here in case you you need them for each day. All right, uh, and uh, and I hope that uh, we think about these things, and and that we think about where am I on this? You know, is the spirit of God permeating my life? Am I demonstrating the fruit of what it means to be owned by God, right? We're a slave of Messiah. Uh, am I really living that way? And are we really living that way? And so uh, uh, as uh, we read in the book of Hebrews, may we keep our eyes fixed on him, fixed on Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith, no matter what comes our way. And just, uh, you know, remember that the only way you really gain muscle is when there's some resistance, right? And so if there's resistance, if it's a fight, you know, to really walk with the Lord, think of it as this is a way for me to gain muscle, 
this is this is this is not an obstacle. This is an opportunity for me to gain muscle in the Lord. Okay? So don't never never give up. Never give up. Right? So I wasn't going to read this, but now I decided to. All right. So I on Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israel's Independence Day. I decided I'm going to read uh, a portion of a book written by a Jewish believer in Messiah who was at the Third Zionist Congress in 1899. The first one was 1897. This is 1899. And he was there. And he wrote like a memoir or a diary about being there. And he quoted parts of a speech by Theodore Herzl, who is the visionary of Zionism, right? And so uh, he said this. This is what Herzl said. We must continue our work assiduously, even if there have been no outward visible signs of progress during the past year. Even if nothing has happened which denoted a strengthening of our movement, an increase in its importance and its means, even then we should have to go on working indefatig- uh, indefatigably, right? Yeah. You know, 1899, I can't read that. Okay. Uh, But the past year was not a bad one for our movement. It was a good one. We've accomplished something. We have gone one step forward. I thought that was a great little paragraph. But I would say, that's not us. I believe we are accomplishing things. But keep on. Keep on. Let us keep on. Let us continue to press on uh, toward the upward call of Messiah Yeshua. So may we be encouraged, and may we indeed challenge ourselves that as I'm in the Word, as I'm in community, and as I am practicing this way of life, that I will see, and we will see in the cumulative effort of it, we will see empowerment, uh, transformation in our lives and community. Let's pray. Lord uh, God, uh, we do indeed uh, uh, pray, uh, Lord Uh, that we would uh, be proactive in our life with you and that we would indeed begin uh, uh, seeking opportunities to demonstrate what it means to be permeated by the Ruach, what it means to have Yeshua as the Lord of our lives. Lord, and I pray, God, uh, that we might, as we engage that and as we pray about that, And as we just begin to live and continue to live that way, Lord, may uh, this 50-day journey uh, make a difference in our lives as we begin uh, perhaps a lifestyle of wholehearted living in you. Lord, may we drink from you, Lord, and not from this world. And we pray in Messiah's name.